Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning, Bob Scholder, the Louisville Real Estate Show here with you for the next uh, 30 minutes or so to the top of the hour. Thanks for joining us and thanks for all the good comments and feedback that we get about the show. With us today, we've got Randy Rocky over at Swan Financial. They do a great job getting your loan closed and you can reach Randy at 6450736. Also Lee Harris. Good morning, Lee, good morning. Good morning, Randy. Lee Harris, legal counsel over at Limestone Title and Escrow. She's not only a great attorney but does so much and uh, we appreciate her being part of our team and you can reach Lee at 6497964 and my son Greg who does my marketing, photography and so much more and you can reach me Bob Sicola anytime. On my cell phone, 376-5483. We're starting off uh, this show with a, um, with a question uh, that comes in from Lancaster, a serious question. He heard the show last week and uh, what to do for inspections of older condo buildings because of what's happened, the tragedy in Florida. It's just terrible. And it's concerned a lot of condo owners, in case you missed last week's show. He wanted to ask if there is anything that he should do and condo condominium owners should do if they're in a high-rise building specifically to ask the condo board to do inspections and put them on notice so that what happened in Florida, obviously there were certain circumstances there, but doesn't happen here. So let's start from a legal issue. We're going to go over to Randy, who represents lenders, what uh, lenders should be contacted or told about. Well, I think Lancaster's idea is very, very good. And I think uh, the first thing you want to do anytime you have an HOA or a condo association issue is get a copy of your bylaws and find out you know, what it says about different issues. And this one would be about inspections and about insurance and about, you know, uh, updates and repairs and go to that section and see what it says. And then um, you'll also look at the section that says how you call a meeting. And every HOA document or condo document has a, a way that you call a meeting. And so, Lancaster, if you live in a condo building and you want this to be put on the agenda and you want to call a special meeting for that, which I think is probably a good idea given the circumstances, then uh, generally it says you have to send notice to all the people on, you know, in the community. Uh, you'd want to contact probably the president of your condo association, have that person send out your notice of what's going to be on the agenda. And then if you have a quorum there, uh, then you can vote on this. And one of the things you'd want to vote is to get a structural engineer um, out there to make sure that the property is stable, that there's not any issues. And secondly, if there are issues, that the condo association is going to repair them um, and that you're going to take money out of reserves uh, or, or if needed, assess the, the uh, owners in order to make sure that the uh, place is, is stable and secure. And I think with, given what's going on in the news every night, I think people would probably be very um, amenable to voting for that. Yeah, I agree with that. Let me move it over to uh, Randy with regards to what a mortgage company, obviously mortgage companies want insurance uh, on the building, but is there anything that you could forecast that needs to be done locally and nationally from a mortgage company standpoint to protect their interests and the safety of the residents living in a high-rise condo building? Well, I mean, that's, that's a great question. And in fact, uh, in the Miami situation, they, they 
they said that two years ago there's some serious structural damage. Uh, an engineer went in there, and they still didn't do anything. So, I, in my opinion, uh, I, I don't know what the the deadline would be 30 years ago if it was built or 25. I, you know, that's that. Where do you stop at? Yeah. But then you know, have an actual engineer come in and put a deadline on it. Okay, we need this done by January 1st. 2023 or we call the note you know uh um and which opens up a whole another can of worms but um you know some people are still not going to do it and then what do you do do you go to court over or how do you handle that but yes i think they're absolute just for safety number one but also uh the protector interest and i'm you know the insurance companies might push this bob that's the one thing that could happen is okay if you want us to insure your yeah i think that's really where it's going to come to more than the lenders it may be true. I think this is going to send a ripple effect throughout the country, not only in uh, Florida, but also throughout the United States with regards to buildings that are 40 year old or older. Well, and, and you have to remember, this is 40 years ago in Miami, right? So we know the time period and we know what was going on in Miami, if anybody's interested in Miami yeah. history. So building practices, substandard things were going on in that that case, which tragically seem to be what is being uncovered. Obviously there's going to be an investigation and this will come too. but all good points to make sure that you're making sure your buildings are up to code, addressing any issues that you think might be coming down the line and doing it as fast as possible. All right. So that said, let's move on. I thought it was important to start the show with this. Something else that is also very important. And Cynthia brings this question up she had an offer on her house, which was $25,000 over list. It goes to uh, inspections. She did the repairs and the appraisal comes in and the appraisal is 25,000 lower than what the agreed contract is on. So let's say it was a $200,000 list. She got $225,000, but the appraiser says eh, 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 eh. Only $200,000 is what we're going to loan on it. Randy, I suspect this is being seen, in fact, and there's an appraisal gap that continues to grow. Anything, and this is where we're going with uh, this question for Cynthia, what can a seller and buyer do if they've agreed upon a high price, a higher than list price, and an appraiser says, no, we're not going to loan on that price tag? Well, uh, you know, the, the, the listing agent or the buyer agent can, can look in the area on the, you know, within a mile of the last six months sales and do comps, comparables, and send them to the appraiser and do a rebuttal uh, and see if they'll change uh, the price. Uh, usually that does not work in most situations because they can't find them or there's other extenuating circumstances how they did come up with the appraisal amount. So then obviously they... Well, not obviously, but the, then what the, the next step is, is does the buyer have the 25K extra, Yeah, 25,000? Yeah. If they don't, uh, or can they go to a lower down payment scenario where they can still buy the house and put the 25,000 up if they still want the home? Or number two, they can split it in the middle or what have you, and that's where obviously you guys play. The real estate agent uh, negotiates, let's say it's 225, they negotiate down to 210, then they got to come up with an extra 10,000 rather than 25,000 or they go right to the appraisal price. And sincerely, we've had all three th- things happen. The rebuttal and it works, which is very rare. Uh, pay full asking price and they just put more cash down because they want the home or uh, or somewhere in between that, or they pay 
what the appraisal amount is. Yeah, this this is a problem. It's continuing to happen. Well, and I've always taken the stance on now. This is more time forever than maybe get some more restrictions on appraisals because there might be some cowboys out there that are saying, oh, I'm going to save this. I'm going to make sure that prices don't continue to rise up. And I know that they have forms. But, you know, Bob, you tell me how many times has it come back where, oh, if it's if if the the list price if the the accepted offer is over asking that the appraiser comes back right at list price because they're looking at the list price and I don't think the appraiser yeah. should know what the list price is before well, going in. Okay, they should that, be able to look at comps, yeah. but they should not know what the price is going in because they should have no preconceived notion. If their appraisal workup is correct and they're using yeah. comps, they should be able to come up with a price regardless of what the list price is. Yeah, well, that's, that's an issue you can take up with the appraisal board. But how serious is this of a problem? If you're asking in today's real estate market, low inventory, which we're seeing throughout Louisville and Southern Indiana, and the high demand that driving up home prices, and as many as 54% of homes are getting offers over the -hmm. listing price. In fact, there are many many agents who are now saying the listing price is just the starting price. Right. Expect to go up. And that's why the press, I don't think because a lot of appraisers will look at that and say, we're going to try to keep it as close to this as possible, where they should actually be appraising based off of what the market allows. Well, that happened, and we've talked about this before. Our friend Chris Rite, who had a team in Boulder, Colorado, if you were looking for a three-bedroom, one-bath, maybe a garage or a basement, but not both, here in Louisville up until the last year, we're looking at $150,000 in Boulder, Colorado, where there was no appraisal guide that kept prices in check to a 3% appreciation per year. The same home here that was one hundred fifty thousand six hundred and fifty thousand. Well, cash actually, is talking. The, yeah, these, there's a lot. Yeah, just you know, pricing people out. So there is a concern that appraisers need to follow. Otherwise, we could end up like a Boulder, Colorado. The uh, the key here is what does Cynthia and others who are facing this. And I think Randy brought up a couple of interesting points. And we've talked about this. You can negotiate. Try to negotiate. But it's been my experience that in many cases, now up until this year, mind you, many cases up until this year, that buyers don't want to pay more than an appraiser says it's worth. But there are so few homes on the market that's gone out the window because what we're seeing is buyers are, are grabbing whatever they can find. That's the appraisal deficiency gap There's so, or, or cash. I mean, that's, yeah. that's my point is that the appraisers can only do so much. But this is what we're seeing. Competition is fierce. I don't know if it's going anywhere, folks. I mean, this this is a, this is an inventory crisis where people there's nowhere to go. And and regardless of what interest rates are, there's simply not enough homes. There's people are moving, but it's just happening so fast with a big buyer pool. So one of the things that can be done if you are a buyer. And by the way, incidentally, buyers are now climbing back on the fence. A lot of them, Greg and I and our team talk about this uh, every week, that a lot of buyers who are out looking for a home are so discouraged by not being able to get an offer in and accepted that they're saying, okay, I'm just going to wait. I'll stay where I am. But one of the things is an appraisal guarantee. So, Lee, this is where you come into play on this. So the way this works, and Randy, we're going to come back to you with regards to how this gets verified. So, Lee, let's take this as as a... point buyer bill is working with a, his agent and they're putting in an offer of two hundred thousand dollars the home is listed at one hundred and seventy five thousand but bill's agent says look let's put a, an appraisal guarantee in and he writes something and lee help us out here if this is the t- the right language that buyer bill will pay ten thousand dollars out of his pocket 
if the appraisal comes in below the $200,000 fee. Now, how that gets worked out verbally, that, that's, a, that's a question mm. we would work out. But Lots of ways Lee, to write that. A lot of ways to write that. So, Lee, any suggestions from a legal standpoint to protect the seller and the buyer? And then, Randy, we're coming to you. Yes. Um, I have drafted uh, contingencies, basically, that agents can insert into contracts when they're making an offer in that scenario. And um, basically, it could say that the buyer is willing to come out of pocket uh, X amount of dollars up to you know, up to X amount of dollars if the appraisal is less than the price that they've agreed upon. And then for the seller, I have a similar contingency which says that the seller will, a floor essentially, the seller will agree to amend uh, the purchase price after appraisal down to a certain floor, but not below that. Uh, so you can insert those at the time of negotiation to say this is what we're willing to do. The standard contract just if you were using the Louisville uh, Realtors contract, basically gives the uh, buyer and seller the option to renegotiate the price, but it doesn't really require the seller to do that. So if, the, if there wasn't any contingency and it came in lower, the, the seller could say, okay, well, that's what's going to praise for it. I'm going to run into this issue again, so I'll renegotiate the price. Or they could say no, and the buyer would then void the contract and everybody would have to start over from square one. So I think if you know you're going in and especially in that market that you're talking about, 175 yeah. to 200, yeah. that's going to be a little tighter than 1 million to 1.1 million, right? Yeah. So um, you want to make sure that you have that contingency and that, and that the buyer has that money, that they are really can pay it and that they uh, are going to be able to bring money to closing if they're agreeing to that. So, I'm reading between the lines, and we'll get to you in a second, Randy. I'm reading between the lines, Lee. Do I hear you suggesting a rewrite of our current board contract to include an automatic insert of different variables based on what is happening in today's market? Or do you think an addendum or insertion in the provision section of the contract is enough? It's enough right now. I mean, it takes a year to um, amend the contract. Yeah. So uh, we could propose a, a changes, but they wouldn't come out for at least a year. So that mar this market issue is going to continue for that year. And so right now, the best thing to do is to insert them either in other provisions or in an addendum and then mark out the section, you know, the standard section that, that if it conflicts with, with what you're what you're writing. Yeah, got it. Randy. Right. And, and if, yeah, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry. No, finish up. Oh, I was just going to say, and I have some, uh, you know, if anybody uh, needs, he's giving. Well, you and that's what I was going to say is, is going to a legal professional to write these because now you're asking agents to write complicated language dealing with appraisals and guarantees and floors and ceilings, which can get, a, a, get an agent into hot water if they right. misrepresent or miswrite something and they're not supposed to be writing contracts. And so Randy, yes, the, there's no, yeah. and there's yeah. no reason to reinvent the wheel. If anybody needs them, Bob's giving you my um, cell phone number. Just contact me and I'll send them over to you. Free of charge? Yes. 6497964 is Lee's direct sell. So, Randy, the yes. concern on this quickly is that if you're saying you're going to come out of pocket by $10,000, what does that do to front end, back end ratios and the like, correct? Uh, it doesn't do anything to front end, back end ratios. It just, we have to verify the assets. And what we're doing now, uh, we're starting to do videos. Uh, videos uh, towing. So, when, when the listing agent, 
I mean, the buyer agent put, sent something to the listing agent. Hey, Tim and Tim and Pamela Jones are they're 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 more than qualified to buy this home, and also they can do uh, an extra ten thousand dollars. It's been verified above appraised value. And that's so that's, that's what, what I was we're coming ask. in with our contingency. Maybe doing like a pre-approval. I mean, do you do a pre-approval with saying we can give you? And I mean, obviously, you'd have to depending yes. on the ratio. Absolutely, you, say, we, you can do yes. X amount. All That'd right, be a nice thing to have. All right, well, that's all good. That's all right. right. We're, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, 13 issues that could make your house unsellable, maybe 12 issues. We'll see. Randy Rocky Swan Financial is here. His number is 6450736. Also here, Lee Harris Legal Counsel, Limestone Title and Escrow at 6497964. My son Greg does our marketing photography so much more. You can reach me, Bob Sikoler, anytime, day or night at 376 5483. And if you want to hear what people are saying about our selling ability, go to LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. Or you want to see our reviews, go to LouisvilleZillow.com. Back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. Need a home loan or refinancing? You need to talk to Randy Rocky at Swan Financial. Why have they become so popular? Because of our programs, our service, and our competitive rates. And now listen to this new program from Swan Financial. Yes, we have a 1% down program that also you will get 2% grant money from the investor. Call Randy Rocky today at 866-766-1920. Swan Financial, NMLS 2473 and 26362. This is Lee Harris, owner and attorney at Limestone Title and Escrow here in Louisville, Kentucky. We are an experienced team of processors and attorneys who will be happy to help you with your closing needs. We are known for our flexible closing times. We're open to nights and weekends, whatever suits you or your clients. We can help you provide a smooth and quick closing and help with difficult situations based upon our history of expertise and experience in closings. Call us anytime at 502-632-2277. Shopping for a home? The place to start is Remax Properties East. Experienced, caring, top-producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com. Residential or commercial real estate, let the award-winning agents at Remax Properties East help. Take the first step in your house hunting journey. Visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today. Hi, I'm Barbara Corcoran. I'm constantly asked by news sources how to best navigate today's real estate market. I call the brightest agents in the business to get their input. Hi, Bob. What's going on in Louisville? Hi, Barbara. The Louisville real estate market is hotter than we've ever seen it. I'm so happy to hear that. With our exclusive marketing plan, we can get sellers top dollar right now. Get the best advice from my friend, Bob Sekoler. Go to WeSellLouisville.com. Be safe and smart. News Radio 840 WHAS, Bob Sekoler, the Louisville Real Estate Show with you till the top of the hour. Randy Rocky with Swan Financial is with us, 6450736. Also, Lee Harris, legal counsel, limestone title and escrow, 6497964. My son, Greg, who does our marketing, photography, and so much more. And uh, you can reach me anytime to come out, list your home. We'd love to help, 376 Three. And thank you, Barbara Corcoran, who's a friend and a mentor. 
Uh, by the way, if you want to see a replay of today's show, go to LouisvilleAnswers.com. That's LouisvilleAnswers, all one word, dot com. It's a redirect to our YouTube channel because we're videotaping this as well. All right, so 13 issues or 12 or so that could make your house unsellable. And I'm going to go through these pretty quickly because I think a lot of people agree with this. You may or may not know this. Less than pleasant aromas. And I'm talking about cats, dogs, uh, food. It could be anything. Be careful. The masks of that. have helped recently with that, but not yeah, anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> Lack of natural light if it's dark. Ugh consider using ways to open it up. And if you want questions answered about that, I'm more than happy to come out and help you. Malfunctioning major house systems. If your furnace or air conditioner, hot water tank, or any of the systems are not operating properly, that's a problem. If you've got outdated electrical equipment, like faulty sockets or aluminum wiring that's faulty, uh, if you notice flickering in the lights or switches that don't seem to operate when you turn them on and off, you need to get those looked at because uh, a buyer is going to look at those as well, and so will the inspector. Cluttered or confusing kitchen layouts is a problem. That's a real concern. If you've added things, put a refrigerator instead of in the kitchen, you put it out in um, a pantry or outside on the porch, that could be a problem. Water damage <laughs> and lingering dampness. Any evidence of that or actual problems? Lee will tell you that you need to disclose it and then you need to have it fixed and remedied. Exterior maintenance issues, roof may be in need of repair, porch steps, damaged siding, peeling decks. Those are all problems. And then there are the hidden hazards lurking under the roof that could be a problem or an electrical damage that you may have been hit by lightning or nearby and it could have caused problems. Also a problem, extravagant renovations. If you've turned your man your basement into a man cave, but it doesn't fit everybody's taste. So for example, what I'm saying is if you're a UK fan and you painted it all blue or a U of L fan, you painted it all red, hmm. that could turn off some potential. Or a Duke fan. I've seen that too. That was not, yeah. a, not a fun one to walk down to no matter who you represent. <laughs> and if your home is a, an Amityville horror, it's uh, it been the scene of a crime, things like that. That could be a problem. And two other final things that we have really no, some control, but nothing that we as agents will do. Unreasonable price tags. If you're way too high, they're not going to, people are not going to beat a path to your house, especially in this market because others are going on the market. And then if you're in an undesirable location, and that just means that let's say you're next to a railroad track or a water tower, um, things like that, a highway, uh, that can slow down the sale of your home. All right. So let's go back to some of the questions that we have here in the remaining time. Lou has his home on the market. He received an offer with a pre-approval letter from mortgage company he never heard of, Randy. That's not Swan, because everybody knows Swan. Yes, his agent also says she has no track record of the knowledge of this lender. And now the agent's trying to determine if this is a good lender or fly-by-night. Is there a list of who are good? There are no actual lists, right, Randy? I mean, you have to know word of mouth, basically. No, and, and again, uh, I think, you know, uh, calling that loan officer, uh, looking up their Google reviews, uh, and doing your due diligence, maybe uh, even as a as a realtor uh, calling and saying, hey, give me some referrals of people that you've done business with that are in the, the real estate community, I think would be the way I would handle that. All right. Uh, t talking to people really is the best of all worlds. I mean, friends, family, relatives, ask your agent, because typically agents are aligned with, like we are with Swan, with 
with companies that get the job done. We're not going to promote a company that doesn't get the job done. So that's probably your best bet. Lee, Sarah went under, so she went under contract on this past Monday. Inspections are scheduled for tomorrow. And over the weekend, there was a water leak. Uh, I guess it's this morning. Um, And the kitchen sink leaked. The water went through the ceiling below. It did a little damage, she says. The seller called the plumber. He's supposed to come over and along with a fix-it guy for the ceiling. So now Sarah's wondering, what does she tell her agent? I take it Sarah's not her real name. And then uh, (laughs) what does her agent tell the buyer's agent and the buyer? Okay, that's an easy one. She needs to tell her agent about the leak and uh, then update her seller disclosure form showing that there was damage and that it's been repaired. And then uh, the uh, buyer's a- seller's agent would present that amended document to the buyer's agent and inform her that there was a leak. It is being fixed by a plumber and a repairman. And then, of course, if the inspector is coming after that repair, the inspector can uh, verify that, indeed, it has been repaired to his satisfaction. Okay. And when you uh, uh, amend the disclosure, you don't have to necessarily do it overly. You just need to add to the existing disclosure and then what initial and then date and time the change. Am I right on that? Yes. Yes. That's a really important one. Hey, listen, this email just came in. We were just talking about this. Jonathan says he put his home on the market for 225,000. He received multiple offers and ended up taking an offer for 240,000. Wow. But it also included a $10,000 appraisal guarantee. So he's asking what type of documentation should he ask for about the appraisal guarantee to make sure that he actually gets it. So I don't know whether Lee or Randy, if you have any ideas, what type of documentation other than it being in the contract that there's a $10,000 appraisal guarantee. Well, Greg, Greg talked about that earlier, and what we would do in the pre-approval letter is put in, hey, they can go above $10,000 above the appraisal amount because they have the assets. Uh, we have verified the assets. They can go above that plus their down payment. And also, again, I think explaining that in a video is also a very good thing to do because that's a little cumbersome, a little different, and uh, we can lay that all out on video as well and tell them that they can check the pre-approval. And then, Lee, anything from a legal standpoint that uh, if it's in the contract, with, especially with that gut language that you have written for this appraisal guarantee, is there anything else that a seller should be looking for to guarantee that they get that money in the event the appraisal comes in low? This, by the way, folks, is the new trend is to not only come up in price dramatically over the list price, but also to offer a guarantee that even if it doesn't appraise for value, you, the buyer is going to give the seller X amount of dollars. Right. I'm, I'm curious about the breach of contract. And, and is there a breach if you have a, a you know, guarantee? It's, it's an approval of funds, right? That you're having either an approval from a, a reputable lender that says you can do this or you have the cash in the bank to come up with this difference. And if you either, A, don't do it in X amount of days, if we you know, put something in the contract showing that, there, there must be a proof of, of, of funds. So that's my question, Lee, I guess, too, is is, is there a breach there? How do you write that up, I guess? Yes. So the, the contract is, uh, is going to bind that, that price and that agreement to bring the extra money. So you don't need okay. an extra document for that. Got but it. if I were that seller 
um, particularly in that price point, I would want proof uh, that either through that pre-approval letter or video that Randy is talking about or through the buyer's agent verifying to my agent that they have actually seen that this person has this money, you know, in, in cash in their bank account. They can be nosy and ask, if you were going to make this offer, you are going into a binding contract and you could have damages if you don't perform. Therefore, yeah, that's my question. Yeah. I want to see that you have this money and then the buyer's agent can verify to the seller's agent. Yes, I have, I have obtained proof that they do have in fact the funds and that they can, you know, they're, they're liquid. They're not in their 401k. They're not, you know, um, somewhere that they can't access them. Yep. So um, it's just like, it's just like if, if your buyer were offering cash, you'd want to know that they really have cash. Right. All right. Good, good stuff. Interesting show folks. We are out of time. My thanks to Lee Harris, Legal counsel, limestone title and escrow agents and buyers and sellers take her up on that offer. It's free to get that language of six, four, nine, seven, nine, six, four is her direct number. Also, Randy Rocky Swan financial. You can reach him directly at six, four, five, zero, seven, three, six. My son, Greg, who does our photography, marketing and so much more. And again, you can reach me, Bob Sekuller, anytime, day or night, three, seven, six, five, four. A3. You want to see what the sellers are saying about us? Go to LouisvilleSellersTalk.com or go to LouisvilleZillow.com to read our reviews. Out of time. See you next Sunday right here on News Radio 840 WHAS.